Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes... And deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hello, everyone. It's Perry here. Before we continue today's episode of Collider Movie Talk, I have a question for you. Have you ever played Forge of Empires? It's a city-building game and also one of our sponsors for today's show. In Forge of Empires, you can guide a village through the different epics of human history from Stone Age to the future. Through skillful planning on the battlefield, you can expand your sphere of influence and create an impressive empire. And what's more, there are continuous content updates to ensure years of fun together with millions of players around the world. And guess what? You can switch between browser, iOS, and Android devices at any time while playing the game. If you are new to Forge of Empires, I have great news for you right now. For a limited time, Collider fans can go to forgeofempires.com backslash Collider and get a bonus of $10 worth of diamonds. So download the game today by clicking the link in the description section of this video in order to get yourself a $10 starter package. And this is going to get you 650 diamonds to start building your own empire right now diamonds are virtual in-game currency no cash payout only for new registrations not transferable so right now go on over forgeofempires.com backslash collider download install click claim gift and get your 650 diamonds right from the start stay little chico pitbull mr 305 better said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive brought to you by my friends over at state farm i believe that to have success you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Hello, hello. This is your Thursday movie talk, and we are talking about some Avengers Endgame fake endings that they shot. On top of that, a Hawkeye series was announced, and oh my, we have a Star Wars celebration preview coming your way right now because a lot of us are packing up and taking off. In fact, at this time, right now, while you're watching movie talk, we might be in Chicago. <laughs> Things are crazy, and I am so excited to, one, welcome John Roca back to the show. Hello. But we have the one and only Pete Escaretta from Slash Film here. Thank you. How Thank are you, you doing? Me. I am so excited to for this celebration, even though I'm not going. That's crazy. I know. This is the first one I've missed since Disney bought Lucasfilm. So I, I am but I'm gonna be at my I'm gonna be glued to my computer, like watching the updates, watching your updates, and I've uh, we have two writers from the site who live in Chicago and so it made no <laughs> financial sense to send me oh boy all right well you can still watch from afar i know they're live streaming a lot of the panels so everyone out there whether you're in chicago or not you are going to get a taste of star wars celebration and that is part of the reason why we're diving into it right now we're going to preview some of what we've got coming up what we're planning to see what we hope to see so the big ones that you probably know of the big presentations there we have the star wars episode 9 panel and then in addition we've got the mandalorian panel on top of that there's galaxy Galaxy's Edge. That's the uh, the Disney park that's opening up fairly soon now. We also have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and the Vader Immortal VR series as well. So, oh man, Peter, do you want to kick it off for us? Uh, first off, let's start with the Episode 9 panel. What do you realistically think we're going to get from that? I think we're going to get the first trailer. We're going to get the first title. We're going to get the title. We don't even know the title of this movie, and we're going to get the trailer, uh, <laughs> what, tomorrow. And that, that, that is insane to me. Uh, and I, I, I've heard some things about this trailer, guys and uh, guys and gal. Um, and I think this trailer is going to kind of divide. Like, there's going to be some hints at some oh, stuff that no. might divide Star Wars fandom. I think it, but it's exciting. I think it's exciting. Oh, wow. I would be so surprised if that was the reaction. <laughs> well, given the response to Last Jedi, I thought that yeah. at least at the very beginning of the promotional campaign, I'm not saying that J.J. is going to keep it safe from start to finish in the final feature, but I did think that they were going to come right out the gate with a major crowd pleaser across the board. I'm not saying it's not going to be a crowd pleaser, but I think the, the, okay. I think J.J., from what I understand, J.J. is not taking the responsibility of this ending this trilogy. He's trying to end the whole saga as a whole. Right. And to bring that full circle, you need to do some things. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting. You'll, you'll see. Tomorrow. Okay. So trailer, title, do you add anything else to that list, Roka? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Emperor Palpatine, Luke, what are we getting? Now I'm all excited. No, I, I think also we'll find out maybe some of the new cast members mm-hmm. or the new act, characters that will be in uh, episode nine. Maybe we'll get some of that. Maybe there'll be hints to uh, the red stormtroopers that they were alluded to possibly. There's a lot of things I think that you can play around with in episode nine to bring out and march out. And who knows? I don't know if is Hamill going to be there. Who's going to be there. Obviously, the main actors will be there, but like, who else is going to show up to be a bit of a surprise? I look forward to that. And I don't know how much plot synopsis we'll get either, so that'll be interesting to see how much we'll get out of this panel. I want to know everything. I want to know everything, but I want a level of secrecy, so nothing spoiled. But I am assuming we're going to get something along the lines of what we got at the last Star Wars celebration, Mm. which was the reveal of certain characters, stills of them, you know, basically the bullet point, who are they? And I'm assuming that's going to be a big thing with Carrie Russell's character who I am just absolutely dying to know more about at this She's point. She's like in a whole mask and outfit. And I, I think if you look back at the original teaser trailer for Force Awakens, it, there was just these images that made us ask questions. Mm-hmm. It's J.J. Abrams. We're going to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this is going to do. It's going to show us some interesting imagery that's going to 
uh, have us speculate. The Force Awakens teaser trailer still to this day is one of my favorites of all time. I mean, what was it? Like a handful, like maybe a dozen shots, but every single one of them was one on on its own beautiful, but also made you speculate about a million and one things. Yeah, there's like there's like maybe five instances in my entire life that I can remember being being knowing exactly where I was when I watched a trailer. And this Force Awakens trailer, I remember yeah. being in my bedroom. I had to leave in an hour to go to San Diego. I remember being in my bedroom and that and just you know closing all the windows and just watching that trailer the first time it came on and then over and over and over again and texting with people who were there back and forth about what it was like to be there and hearing it and watching it for the first time and just hearing hearing Han and everything you're just like your mind just goes insane so I hope something like that happens as well in this situation uh, when you see the trailer were you there for the Last Jedi trailer reaction I was, I was oh, not there for I Last mean Jedi neither trailer. was I and I'm yeah. a little jealous that's hands down one of the greatest trailer reactions we've ever done. Yeah. So it was on our way back. Oh from wait, here. no, yes, we're, I was in the I air. In that. That's yeah. right. I remember we that we were coming back, back from, from New York, York Comic Con, yeah. and thirty thousand right. feet. They all using the little jet blue yeah. TVs. They reacted to the trailer, and then Thad stitched them all together. We shot I ourselves. We shot ourselves with our phones <laughs> reacting to the trailer as it was happening, all at the same time, annoying everyone around us. Uh, and then they edited on the flight, and then dropped the episode on the flight. Insane, insane. <laughs> it's still a that fun thing crazy. to look back on. <laughs> Um, all right, let's dig into the whole event now. What is the the panel, the event, maybe the speed dating thing that you're most looking forward to out of all of Star Wars Celebration? Well, I have a girlfriend, so not the speed dating thing. Uh, the Mandalorian, the John Favreau produced uh, TV series, the first live action Star Wars TV series for Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to be broadcast online. Actually, probably by the time this is broadcast, we would know that. Um, but I, I think John Favreau, whenever he shows up at Comic-Con or any con, he brings the goods. He brings the footage. I, I remember he was shooting Cowboys and Aliens and I think he was like three weeks into shooting yeah. or something. He brought the first 20 minutes that. of the movie. I was in Hall H for that, yeah. So I expect he's going to bring like maybe a whole episode? What? I don't know. Like, wow. Maybe? I don't know. That, that, may, that might be a bad, like a out there prediction, but... That would be... I, I think that would be one of my celebration dream come true scenarios mm-hmm. if I had to pick one. I'm just really looking forward to seeing absolutely anything from The Mandalorian. Like, anything at all. Because we've seen the image. There, there's been some quotes out there, but you don't really get a sense of what they're trying to achieve as far as, like, atmosphere and tone go until you actually see some footage. And I'm just curious to know if the look of The Mandalorian is going to look different from mm. the feature film that we have. Yeah, I'm excited too. I, I have a friend. How can you say this without getting into it? <laughs> I have a friend who's seen some stuff and says it'll blow your mind how incredible it is and that Favreau's dedication to the lore of Star Wars and also uh, creating something new uh, is you can see it very clearly when you see the when he releases the character images and maybe whatever I, I doubt we'll get an episode maybe 15-20 minutes of it or something like that uh, you'll see how his approach to the uh, project is how how f- a big of a fan he is and how much he wants to bring the love of Star Wars back even more uh, than J.J. did when he did Force Awakens um, I'm looking forward to Jedi Fallen Order I want to see what we get from that you know I would I, maybe going on a limb but I haven't always been been the biggest fan of the Star Wars games that have come out in this recent iteration. I don't think you're the only one. Well, there we go. This this one looks to be finally something we've been waiting for for like five years to see. And so I'm excited 
how they go about it. Plus, the campaign don't stand out. That's interesting mm. to me. What a different approach to pitching something like Star Wars. What do you think of that teaser image they released with like that weird lightsaber? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what does that cool. mean? How how far back are we going? Yeah. What is the mythology here? All of it is really I think exciting. it's supposed to take place after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I'm, I can't wait for that panel. I'm also supposed to go actually tonight and test out Vader Immortal. And oh, I am nice. super into that kind of stuff. I remember, I think it was Star Wars Celebration London that they had the, I forget what it's called now, the other VR game. And I've just never played a VR game where just like the interactivity and the use of a lightsaber felt so real to me. But then, of course, we brought Beat Sabers to the office. And that was a little bit of a different thing. I am the Beat Saber champion of the world. That is right, Frank. But yeah. I'm really curious to give that a shot as well. But I feel, I feel like I'm lacking right now because you guys have the inside scoop on so many things. So I'm going to tell you, there's a Collider Jedi Council panel. And you will not believe the crazy stuff that's going to happen at that <laughs> panel on Sunday. That's all I got for you. It's not cool tidbits like they have. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's also like a, there's, there's some Schmodown tri- oh, uh, Star Wars trivia going on as well that you all should go and see if you're going to be there. That's going to be a lot of fun to go and see that live, see a bunch of uh, oh, speed dating. Look, I have a girlfriend too, Peter, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with trying this out and seeing uh, what this is all about. Who, who are you going to go at, in as cosplay? Yeah, I should cosplay as maybe Boba Fett yeah. so you can't see my face, or even Django. Maybe I just carry my head on my shoulder. So I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of things <laughs> you, you can just tell her I had to do it for Collider. For Collider. It, it, it's just a yeah. Work thing. Yeah, I didn't go. I didn't. I threw away all the numbers, honey. I threw away all the numbers. I would never. I it, want I'm this curious. to happen so badly. I'm very curious to see how this would go about. Like, what are the questions? Like, what do they test your fandom as this goes along? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you don't know. Forget it. I don't want to date. You don't know this about this. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> or if, like, the wrong movie is your favorite movie. Yeah, it's like, all right, right, I'm getting up and going over to the next table. I really love Last Jedi. Get away from me. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, I, I don't know what's so making me more curious now. The speed dating or walking into the tattoo pavilion, which I've been talking oh, about for years. There's a tattoo pavilion? Yeah. There, there is, but you got to yeah. like, book those I know, you I know. Go. Oh, do you that's really? The, oh, okay. I think that's the only that thing sense. that has stopped me over the years from yeah. covering myself in tattoos is that the appointments are just not available. Yeah, my girlfriend last time was going to get BBA at tattooed, but like they were all like booked up. Like, really? Was, wow. Yeah, you have to like book that. There's a really it. cool mm. minimalist BB-8 design that's floating around on the Googles out there, and I, lo- I love the minimalist design. I always yeah. said that if I did get a Star Wars tattoo, it would be the minimalist x-wing wow it's so cool it's so cool it's not going to happen this time though because i didn't make an appointment all right (laughs) we are going to jump into our next topic but before we do that i just want to remind you keep an eye on the collider video youtube channel and also collider.com because you are going to get slammed with so much star wars celebration information over the next couple of days hope you enjoy it all all right This next story here is a bit of a big one, and it's about Avengers Endgame. So there's a couple of little tidbits we want to hit here. First up, some quotes from Mark Ruffalo that he gave during an interview with E! News. So we know that they try to throw people off with not revealing full scripts and things like that, so nobody reveals the ending. But apparently, Mark Ruffalo gave away one of, I think there were five fake endings or something of the sort. Here's the quote that Mark Ruffalo gave. I shot like five different 
had a whole script of this movie. I don't know why. The script I did get had dummy scenes in it. He then points to Chris Evans and says, he gets married in this. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, when he actually says this, he could have said like, as in, you know, there was just a bunch of endings. We don't know if there's specifically five, but apparently they did shoot something. And then on top of that, we also know that Avengers Endgame runs at a little over three hours. And usually what happens is you get a director's cut for a movie, and that cut is usually longer than the final cut. In this particular case, that wasn't true. Steve was recently talking to the Russo brothers at the Avengers Endgame uh, press day, and here is what they told him. We've been working on this movie for well over a year in editorial because we finished it in 2018, and it literally hasn't moved maybe more than two minutes from its original runtime on the director's cut. It's just a tough one. There's just a lot of story in it. We like emotional stakes that require screen time. We have almost everything in this movie that we shot. I think our first cut was slightly shorter than this. Okay, first I want to back up to those extra scenes, those those mysterious fake endings, because, you know, the footage costs a crazy amount of money. So, Peter, can you give us any insight into would they actually or is this almost just like a figure of speech here? Surprisingly, this is actually real. I, I, I've heard about some of these scenes. I don't know what is real, what's not. <laughs> but let's give you a theoretical example. Say you were filming that wedding scene. with uh, You could have everybody together in a church for a wedding scene, but it could also be a funeral scene. So like you could, in, in one mm. day, film two different scenes, two drastically different endings. Good point. Which one are they using? Yeah. That is fascinating. It's just fascinating that they would go to those lengths to preserve the secrets. But when you have people like Mr. Mark Ruffalo who say things uh, on accident sometimes and reveal details, <laughs> I guess that's why he's in this position in particular. Roka, what do you make mm. of the idea of the director's cut being shorter than the full feature? I don't think I've ever heard that before in my entire life with any kind of thing. So this is exciting to me on so many levels because it means like they realized even their original cut wasn't enough to get fully to where they wanted to get to. So they they added some more footage to it, making it longer. That when do you hear a director's cut being, sh uh, you know, necessarily shorter than the uh, original cut that you end up with? That's kind of rare. So I'm excited to see what that means. Uh, how much more scenes we get? And going back to this, the idea of shooting—I mean, they make they make so much money. What's the problem with shooting a few fake scenes? And it's probably fun for everybody involved. And you don't know what's going to be the truth. That's a great point you bring up. A, a wedding could be a funeral. Yeah. Is the Cap's funeral on the right that where everybody's like afraid is going to happen? Cap's death, and then uh, Rhodey's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Falcon saying on the right or turn right, and then everyone breaks down and cries. So, and by the way, this isn't just to fool the actors. There's right. hundreds, there's yeah. hundreds of yeah, people of on course. those sets. Production staff, yeah, yeah, they they want to keep it lock and yeah. key, you know, with them. Because Tom Holland is good. If, if your premier actors are spilling stuff, <laughs> what are the people below the line going to do in well, conversation and parties at bars or what have you? Fortunately, yeah. this time around they have a reasonable excuse to keep him out of the marketing yeah, uh, true, material true. or at least the interviews where certain <laughs> things can be spoiled. I also wanted to add a little bit that they said about deleted scenes. So at the point that Steve did this interview they hadn't gone into editorial to assess all the cut footage just yet but they estimated the length of deleted scenes will run closer to five minutes rather than ten so not very much here. I just suspect that because recently we had reported that um, they 
they had the ending of Endgame like long, long ago when they started working on Infinity War. So I just imagine that knowing the ending and having a clear idea of what that ending is for so long and having gone through that process with Infinity War, mm. I don't know. If they wound up with the director's cut at, well after they were fully locked and loaded with Infinity War, I guess it doesn't really surprise me that it was just about maybe beefing up little character moments here or there. I question if, if they have an ending already mapped out, you know, do how have they adjusted how they get there? That's the thing also to look at. Have they made any changes to get to that ending, or has that ending adjusted a little bit as they've gone along and and seen fans' reaction to certain things? Hmm. I wonder. You know, I mean, you could have everything mapped out ahead of time, but you just never know what fans are going to react to or not react to, and what storylines are going to present themselves, or what interactions may give you ideas for other things as you move along. You still may end up with that ending, but I wonder how the process. Uh, was like getting there. Somewhere 20 years from now, there's an incredible book about how the Russos did all of this with all the help of the directors and, of course, Kevin Feige and everyone at MCU. But it, it's exciting that they knew ahead of time so let you know that they knew they were telling a way larger story than people might have given them credit for. And it should be said, too, that uh, Marvel doesn't like people seeing stuff that wasn't supposed or didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there, there's been a lot of stuff shot over the years that we have not seen in deleted scenes. And I, I know originally Smart uh, Banner was supposed to become Smart Hulk right. in Infinity War, and that was shot. We didn't get that right, mm-hmm. so um, presumably he'll probably become that in this film. Hopefully, maybe. A lot of people say um, that's the rumor that when they're walking yeah. and there's that space, that it's him as Smart Hulk that they're saving to show in the movie. Yeah. Can you imagine how much money they would make if after all is said and done with the MCU, like they officially closed the book, if then they had a screening and it was just a whole string of these these deleted scenes, oh, wow. maybe the fake endings. I mean, I would pay good money to see that kind of stuff. Thoroughly agree. I don't know why they're not making like a special edition like Peter Jackson style. Like I would watch the like eight hour Infinity Wars like special edition cut. I- I kind of think I would, too. Yeah. I mean, it's probably only a matter of time. I mean, yeah. actually, now that I say that, it's just like Endgame and then soon after is far from home. And I feel like that would be the gap mm, to actually yeah. do something like that. And they haven't announced any plans to give it a shot. But yeah. they just have so much content at this point. I think that uh, there is going to come a time where as much as we want everything and anything MCU, like how how much how much can our brains handle and how many hours in the day are are there because not only do we have the continuation of the MCU after Endgame, but our next story here is also focusing on the wealth of series we're going to get on Disney Plus. So keep in mind, this was a pre-taped episode of Movie Talk. There is a shareholders call early this morning, so there could be some additional updates that you're not going to get in this discussion. Right now, we are focusing strictly on the shows that are confirmed and then semi-confirmed, and we're going to speculate a little bit about what that means for Avengers Endgame and what could happen in the movie. So, right off the bat, I'm going to give you a heads up on a potential spoiler warning, because what kicked off this conversation was the announcement of the Hawkeye series, and There is a little bit of a synopsis here that you might consider a spoiler, so you have been warned. Here it goes. The report came from Variety, and they're saying that Jeremy Renner is set to reprise his role in a Hawkeye series. Here is the plot that they shared. As Variety has it, the adventure series sees Barton passing the torch to Kate Bishop, a Marvel Comics character who eventually took up the mantle of Hawkeye and was part of the superhero team, Young Avengers. In addition to that, 
Shows that have been reported by the trades but yet to be confirmed by Marvel include The Scarlet Witch and Vision Show and also The Winter Soldier and Falcon Show. And the only show to have been officially confirmed by Marvel at this point is The Loki Show. So, oh man... What This is like the biggest question I could imagine, but what do you guys think that the announcement of these particular shows with these specific characters means for what could happen at the end of Endgame? Well, I, I do think, um, you know, Patrick H. Willems did this fantastic video essay recently about the, the problems with the MCU, and I highly recommend you go out and try to find that. And one of them he, he mentioned is the illusion of change, that every film we see these big things happen that dramatically change the, the universe and then the next film they're kind of retconned mm-hmm. and I, we don't know what's going to happen in Endgame but I assume a lot of these people that were dusted are going to be returned <laughs> and what the comics have that the films don't have as he mentions I feel like I'm just stealing his content here but is they have all these issues in between these big events and we're just getting the big events and we're not getting the issues in between and these shows are going to provide us mm-hmm. with like these kind of store like give mm-hmm. give us time to actually live with these characters and these changes, and I feel like that's going to be what's kind of exciting. We don't know when these when these uh, stories are take place. Like Loki's dead, right? And uh, that could take place in different timeline. You know. So, <laughs> what are you, what are your thoughts? Or is he is he dead? I don't know. This excites me on so many levels because Kevin Feige says Kevin Feige himself said this is going to a- open more avenues for us to tell more storytelling with these characters. Right? The Kate Bishop stuff. Yes. Hand the mantle. Kate Bishop and Clint Barton have a very complicated relationship in the comics. He, in, depending on which run you read, he tests Kate before he lets Kate take on the mantle of being Hawkeye. Other ones, he trains Kate. So there's a lot to be involved here that can explore. I don't know how much Jeremy Renner will be involved in that, but it's smart to go the Kate Bishop route. There's a lot to explore. Do you open now, which a lot of people have been clamoring for for the last few years, the Young Avengers, Hulkling, Patriot. A lot of people want to dance around with the Young Avengers as well. Is Kate Bishop the first like trial balloon they're throwing up? To see how people react to it, to open the door there. I think what you make. Uh, I think what I you wish said, they could do the the Matt Fraction. That's uh, the oh my god, that's yeah. the one. If you haven't read, if you don't know what Kate Bishop is or Hawkeye, you don't know that much. Yeah. Read the Matt Fraction graphic novel. That will tell you everything you need to know. Fantastic stuff. But what you said, Peter, is a good point too. These are all filling. In, these series could fill in the holes, and filling in those holes offer the opportunity for other storylines to blossom out of it. I don't know what we got with Loki Perry because he's dusted. Is he gonna come back now? Because Dennis Zhang will be super mad if Loki well, comes back. Well, he's not dusted. He was dead before the dust. Well, dead. Yeah, right. Is, is I think some... the screenwriters of Infinity War said at one point that everybody that dies yeah, right. in Die. Infinity War yeah. is dead. I remember having that discussion. I, it, it but is also the Russos lied to, to us about the, the exactly. title. So. Well, they lie, to, they lie to us in the marketing material yeah. and then admit to lying to, to us in the marketing material. So I never even know what to trust. And I mean, to be completely honest, I have really, uh, I have a wonderful time having my brain just like spin out of control trying to figure this out, which is why I'm going in a different direction. And I can already like refute the statement I'm about to make for a variety of reasons, but given the fact that all of these shows have something to do with well, I, now I'm already looking at names that don't fit my damn theory. Oh, I'm never going to win. I do think we're going to end up at a point where there are two different dimensions happening at the same time, where a whole bunch of the dusted characters come back, and they wind up being, you know, the MCU 2.0 or whatever the next phase is, whatever they're going to call it, and then Is the that other... how you could introduce the X-Men? They're in a, the other oh. dimension? 
That's yeah, that's part mm. of the reason. And I, I think that they're all going to wind up in like a new place where something like that could have existed. And then you take these characters that are moving over to Disney Plus and then you give them basically you blow the creative doors wide open and have them do something completely different mm. that isn't it's connected, but it's not connected in the same traditional way we've seen before. And that way you could play around with all different possibilities that we'd never considered for these same characters that we've already grown to love. They're already super fleshed out but you put them in these like alternate type of scenarios yeah. and you learn more about them did I, I sell you I, I'm, I'm, da- I'm down on this <laughs> i'm down on, yeah i'm yeah. absolutely down with that i, know, then I started actually, to look at the list though and i'm like well but like scarlet witch and and falcon like it doesn't all line up and w- one oh. of the shows you don't men- mention there is a story that uh we broke on slash they're doing a what if animated mm. series right, right, right. which isn't part of the mcu yes. but it is kind of because they're using the mcu as like the, the background mm-hmm. board. So that we're going to get to see, like, you know, what if Loki got the hammer instead of Thor and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I think that could be really interesting as well, but that doesn't fit. We the, covered that. Well, I yeah. love that idea. I mean, I just love the idea of, you know, I greatly appreciate MCU continuity, and I know it's not perfectly <laughs> ironed out, but it really is kind of incredible when you think about how many years worth of films that have all come together and we're so invested in. But I love the idea of turning things kind of on its head and exploring this in a whole new way. Do you guys think that this list of shows we have right here that we've already gone over is going to be it for maybe the first wave of announcements, or do you anticipate them announcing another character getting a show in the near future? We were talking off camera. I would love to see the Dora Milaje uh, get their own show um, because, like, look at the... There's not a lot of diversity in the characters they've chosen. So, you know, Black Panther was introduced to do to kind of put some more diversity back in the MCU and I would love to see something with the Dora Milaje who came out of that Black Panther film as one of the top three or four things you are excited about to see more in the future See, the problem is I think they're making too much money on those Black Panther films for them to put it on TV. <laughs> but I've been saying since I saw Black Panther that I would like to see a Wakanda series that takes place kind of on the ground level of Wakanda. So we, mm. we hear about the royalty and we hear about you know right. them in, in passing, but it's about like the struggles of actually the people of So Wakanda. the pe- people of Wakanda, yeah. the citizens, like uh, through their perspective, what it's like to yeah, live in Wakanda. It might not even be a superhero movie, yeah. uh, like show. Do you know sure. what I mean? It's just a, a show about like a different nation that is a fictional nation in the MCU. Yeah. So working with my theory, yeah. I'm putting Black Panther in the big screen realm. I want everything you guys are saying right now, but I'm not going to include it because I think it's going to stay cinematic. When I go over to the TV side, though, I start to think that at least one of the major Guardians that we think could come mm. back from Guardians uh, for Guardians 3 is not going to come back, and that individual is going to get their own show on Disney+, and that's how mm. they add in the cosmic element on Disney+. Because mm. we don't have, I don't think we, well, we have it with Loki, I guess, but a little who, more. Who would that be, Drax? <sighs> I don't, I don't necessarily. I think Drax is pulling up too big. To, I mean, yeah. uh, I think, yeah, still, yeah, I think Drax is probably, yeah, I think Drax is coming back to the big screen, and I would never want to separate him and Mantis, so she's coming back as well. I wonder if they can do something with Gamora and Nebula, maybe, because mm-hmm. I, I also don't want this to be the end of Nebula. What if you did as a prequel, seeing them as Thanos' daughters, like kind of this yes. like family kind of thing? I am sold. That works. That I, that no, I, like I would that not mind seeing, yeah. yeah. It kind of has that human element, so to speak, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But also the superhero aspect of yeah. it is still in play the whole time. Yeah. The thing I'm worried about it, it, with these shows is that it will become too much like the the Star Wars Expanded Universe did, where mm. it's kind of like all these prequels and stuff that like we're not really 
affecting what's happening in the movies because it's easier that way. Couldn't you do a Groot Racket Raccoon one? Because you could just get someone who could do... They have to come back. Well, right. Groot Groot would have to come back. Rocket's already... But you could have Rocket and Groot together in in their adventures. That'd be fun um, as well. And You you, you wouldn't necessarily have to have Bradley Cooper. There are plenty of voice actors who could come close to approximating uh, Rocket's voice. Or Groot's voice, but but they're having the voice actors come in for yeah. this what if. Thing. Well, this is so the thing like, that yeah. this is what's fascinating you've done to me. Voice acting, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. So you know, you come in for. I, mean, I don't want to yeah, make it. It's Saudi great TV, money. It's, it's not, great money. No, but it's not like the amount of hours that no. you do for a live action. Thing. Exactly, you're done mm-hmm. in three or four hours. You the, the regulations don't let you go past three or four hours for doing that kind of work. The thing that's interesting to me, though, and Perry, this is something you, uh, to connect back to what you talked about shooting these uh, fake scenes. They're spending a lot of money. This is high-end <laughs> talent to bring in to do these streaming shows on Disney+. Plus. It's pretty surprising how much they're willing to spend and how much these actors are willing to keep doing these characters for Marvel. I, I find it fascinating. Remember, it was, like, what, 20 years ago... Uh, or maybe, thir- I guess, 30 years ago, I'm dating myself, where Michael Keaton said he didn't want to do a third Batman. Now these people are running back to do these characters over and over again. Mm-hmm. I think it's an incredible change in the perception of superhero films. As far as the connectivity goes between the Disney Plus shows and the mm-hmm. MCU, I just wanted to bring back one previous quote that Kevin Feige gave. He said, it's been extremely additive to the entire creative arc, not just to the Disney Plus programs we, we are working on, but on the entire endgame, on the entire post-endgame MCU, because we've been able to weave them. We've been able to, for the first time, conceive of them together, and they will be intertwined with each other. I see two different angles being played there, where he like specifically focuses on post-endgame, but then the interweaving, and I don't necessarily think the interweaving is where he means it like, you know, how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was basically completely separate. I don't think he means it like we would have interwoven the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into like the active present MCU as we know it. We'll see. We'll see. Feige has that like reality distortion field that like Steve Jobs had. Like he really does. Like anything he says, like it sounds like it's saying something, and then you read it and you're like, and it's like "What is no. he saying?" I mean, he has to be a master at this if he's yeah. going to keep it all a secret. I still can't believe we have two weeks to go until we see the movie, and it's like all of maybe not all of these questions, but many of these things we've been guessing on for a long, long time now are answered. We have one more quick story to hit today, and it's a brand new trailer for a documentary. So we all know that we're getting scary stories to tell in the dark later this summer but if you're a big fan of the source material you have a documentary to look forward to it's just called scary stories and the doc not only explores the history of the three volume book series that scared kids in the 80s and 90s and includes interviews with kids horror authors like rl stein it also dips into the cultural impact that the tomes had as scary stories did become one of the top band titles in the united states This one debuts in select theaters beginning April 26th. Roka, did you read Scary Stories? I think I remember reading Scary Stories. I'm old enough to maybe have read them, but I lived in a place where we didn't have that kind of, in the trailer alludes to the censorship or trying mm-hmm. to ban those books. We, I was allowed to walk down to my library, local library, and rent books and bring them back and read, but I was into Stephen King things very early on. Like, at 9, 10 years old, I was reading Stephen King or Edgar Allan Poe, and I had a fascination for that kind of more of the psychological horror 
more than the overt stuff. So I, I'm sure I must have read that at some point, but it didn't stick in my mind as the other uh, things did for me. I'm surprised I didn't have this in my life as a kid no. because this is the type of stuff that was made for who I was mm. growing up. I think my brain was pretty much just like completely consumed by goosebumps. I was a I had goosebumps. Right. I was yeah. very very into goosebumps. I think I brought say cheese and die to sleep away camp like every single summer. <laughs> I must have read that book 20 times over, but I am very into just like basically the the highlighting of scary stories right now because I went to that event with Haley a little mm. while back where they screened some footage for the new Andre Overdahl movie that Guillermo del Toro produced and I don't think I ever really realized how, like, gigantic that fan base is and how passionate that fan base is until I was standing in a room surrounded by so many of them. I was in the room more as just, you know, a horror lover that finds it really exciting to be able to celebrate these movies with some younger kids out Mm. there. But there were a lot of people in the audience who knew every little detail. So I think it's a genius move to give us this documentary a couple of months before the movie comes out. Yeah, I'm totally going to watch this. This is something, because I I know nothing. I I only know about these books from writing about the movie on on the side, and I really know very little compared to even you who didn't grow up with. It it looks good. That that movie looked pretty good. I was surprised that they they pushed it as far as they seemed to in the trailer, as far as just, like, really eerie creature design goes. The scene that we saw that they screened there, it definitely had, you know, like a little bit of a childish feel where someone like me is not going to be terrified and not going to, you know, check under my bed because of what I just saw, but it's... you know, it's it's got some real energy to it, and there are certain lines that were repeated too. If you know the Big Toe story, I actually have read that one. It's just I could hear my cousins like repeating it in the scary voice, and that's what gets me excited more so than anything. But this documentary is on my radar. I plan on watching it. I assume you guys will as yes. well. Who's got Sweet. My scary toe? I feel, like, I feel like you should. Yeah, but who's got Nobody. my big toe? Who's got my big toe? <laughs> You've got it. I remember that. Yeah. You, should, you right. should totally do a dramatic reading of some of these scary yeah, stories sure. before the movie comes out. I, I would be totally things. down for that as well. <laughs> all right. Now is the time of the show where I get to tell you about all the content you have to look forward to on Collider Video and Beyond. Oh, this first one. How convenient. Roca, yeah. tell us about sports time. Oh, yeah. We had a, we dro- we're dropping a sports time on Friday. Mark Fernandez is stopping by to talk with us about the Lakers situation with Magic Johnson. We also talk about, we kind of rehash the uh, national title game. And we get into a little NHL playoffs preview with Josh McCuga breaking it down. You know, he's a massive puckhead. So this is a fun, fun episode. And trust me, we didn't hold back on the Magic Johnson, Lakers, LeBron situation. That's a half an hour segment of the show, at least. And even though you're heading off, to Chicago, you did tape some mailbag for yeah. the weekend. Yeah, some mailbags. I got Dennis Zang and Wendy Lee stopping by. Uh, they're both massive Game of Thrones fans, so we these both of these episodes are a little Game of Thrones themed, shall we say, and so there's fun questions answered there for both of them. They were great. You're going to enjoy those. Uh, you can watch them uh, Saturday and the Sun. Saturday is Dennis Zang. Wendy, uh, Sunday will be Wendy Lee. That'll be a lot of fun uh, there. Speaking of Dennis, another thing to keep an eye out for is the Collider Games podcast. You can check that out as well. Even though we're not live with you right now, I did pre-pick a couple of Twitter questions. Sadly, we only have time for one, but it's a good one, I promise. Actually, Peter, I think this is going to be a good one for you to weigh in on. Sean Wren wrote to us, if you're Disney, how would you separate news and footage with Star Wars Celebration, 
San Diego Comic-Con in July and D23 in August. Will D23 be all about Disney Plus so they'll get all the trailers and first looks when it comes to Marvel and Star Wars? Will SDCC be just about Phase 4 or will it be at D23? I don't know why I look at you and I think you're just like a D. Yeah, I mean, you really are. You're like a Disney uh, oh, yeah. every single vertical pro. Yeah, if, if I was not writing about movies in Disney, I would be at D23 waiting in <laughs> those long lines. Um, I I think Feige is coming to Comic-Con with something. I don't know what. I, it, it's really tough because like D23, when it first started, there was like this, you know, uh, live action panel and there was an animation panel. Mm-hmm. I remember And now that. they've grown to like four hours long each or something. It feels like that at least. Now they have Fox and now they have Marvel and Star Wars and all this stuff. I don't know how you fit all the, and Disney Plus. I don't know how you fit all that in. I think you have to use all those conventions. And I don't know why there isn't a Marvel con. Like, yeah, well, if they're doing Star Wars Celebration and D23, they they should be pushing a Marvel con. Yeah, that's a good question. I, well, I guess because it's all under the window, so they're just going to, or under the umbrella, rather, so yeah. they're just going to drop what they see. I think what Sean laid it out sounds about right to me. Disney Plus for the D23 stuff, that makes a lot of sense. Disney-related, connected. Face stuff for SDCC, a lot of the heroes, superheroes, feature film stuff. And then Star Wars Celebration, just Star Wars, obviously. So I think that's how they're going to go. It's, it sounds about... And it sounds like it makes sense to me. And the live action stuff for Disney as well in D23. See, I... I can't tell if this is just my want to keep everything neat and organized brain kicking in right now, but I, I do think they have Star Wars Celebration, so obviously that is Star Wars. Then I think that San Diego Comic-Con for them, if not a Marvel Con, because I do believe that is in the not-too-distant future right yeah. now, I think that Comic-Con is going to be for superheroes, period. So the MCU, the cinematic universe, and also these Disney Plus shows, because mm. then when you hit D23, not only do they need that precious stage time to pump their animated fare, their live action uh, adaptations, but now they also have some Fox brands like Avatar. They've got to start right. pumping Avatar. Oh, so yeah, Avatar. I just have a feeling like... It, <laughs> I, know, I forgot that was even it's coming. It's crazy to me that that is... I mean, most people that I speak to have a very similar reaction. I'm not saying there's no Avatar fans out there, but it's crazy to me that that's the tone of the conversation right now. Mm. And then all of a sudden, there's going to come a time where something's going to change. Yeah, I was looking at the worldwide box office this weekend, like on my phone, and like there's nothing even close to Avatar. No, isn't it crazy? All these people making fun of those Avatar sequels, including us here, are going to see it, and they're going to see it probably multiple times, and it's it's probably going to break records. That first trailer is going to matter. That first trailer is going to bring everybody back to it. They got to kick. I think they have to knock it out of the park in that first trailer because it's been so long. I, I think that's because people are waiting to be wowed. It's like the Joker movie. Everybody made fun of the Joker movie. Now everyone's in that camp. Yeah, you yeah. just need to see it. But you don't think JJ is going to show up at, uh, at, at Comic-Con to, to show us something? You think it's just for episode Star nine. Wars For episode 9, no. I think it's just Star Wars Celebration. Mm. I do. Mm. I think they're going to they're gonna keep it to that. And that said, even though when there was... Um, I mean, the, the outdoor concert thing was for Force Awakens? Force Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens, yeah. yeah with the lightsabers and I stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is fair game for them to show up there with, with more of, like, just, a, just like a satellite event type thing. But I feel like they have so much to promote at this point that... They need they need the spotlight to be focused on one thing instead of diverting our attention in five million directions. Mm-hmm. Because let's say they go let's say they go there hypothetically with Star Wars and Marvel. Then all of a sudden, two of their biggest brands are fighting for the spotlight against each other. Whereas if Marvel shows up there with all of their MCU movies and the Disney Plus stuff, nothing can touch it. 
But this is the problem they're going to have for the, of the foreseeable future. When I was at CinemaCon last week, they they came on stage and they showed this timeline of the next year of mm-hmm. Disney things, and then they added Fox into the mix, and it was mm-hmm. like a jumble. It looked like one of those things where you threw like a hundred things at a board and they just stuck there. Like they're overlapping, and I don't know how you, how you give equal treatment to all these things. I have absolutely no clue. I think that's why we have Disney Theatrical, Disney Plus, Hulu, and who knows where everything else is going to land. There's a lot of content. I mean, that's the bright side. Is yeah. There's a lot of content, and that is very exciting. Yeah. Hopefully, it's all at a certain level or above, but I just love the idea that we have so much to work with and so much to get excited about right yeah. now. Did they have Logan talking to Black Panther or that thing? There was rumors that Logan was talking no, to Black no, Panther no, no. in the it, it was just like a montage. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. I heard rumors. I heard rumors. I'm just All saying. right. Only time will tell, and we can bet you that we're going to be covering it all every single step of the way, four days a week, right here on Collider Movie Talk. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell our, all of our viewers where to find your work and you on social media? Yes, uh, go to SlashFilm.com. It's a movie blog, and I do a daily news movie podcast called Slash Film Daily, which you can find on any of your podcast apps. Highly recommended. Check yep. it out. Roka, throw in some plugs there. Where can people follow you during Star Wars Celebration? Well, you, if you're watching this, uh, maybe you can come see us live tonight. When, they, when this drops, we're doing it at Reggie's Live. we still got a few tickets left there. Top 10 show. Me and Matt knows doing our thing there. We've got two shows at 7 and 10 p.m. doing it live for you guys. Two different lists. I do want to say one thing, though. Peter, this has been an honor to be on the stage set with you because the first junket I ever did years ago you were at Pixar. Yeah, Pixar. You were incredibly kind to me and you walked me through something. I was so nervous. Didn't know where to go. Peter, Eric, uh, Eric Eisenberg, a couple people, they really walked me through this thing so I can't thank you enough for that. So it's nice to kind of do a show with you, man. Thank you. Oh, that was so sweet. You missed a very important plug for yourself, oh, though. If you're participating in Star Wars Celebration Speed Dating and you have someone in a Boba Fett mask, it's that guy right there. Cody, thank you so much for helping us out today. We really appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much for watching this episode of Collider Movie Talk. As always, like and share it. Also, tell everybody you know about the show in podcast form as well. Keep an eye out for so much Star Wars Celebration coverage. And then we will be back in L.A. Monday, 4 p.m. PT, live with a brand new episode. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back.